Hi everyone, and welcome to Author Pep Talks. I'm your host, Lakin Zaya Kemp, and today I'm interviewing Alex Perry, debut author of the middle grade novel, Pig Hearted. Alex used to teach amazing middle schoolers in Houston, but now she writes novels for kids everywhere. She lives in Arkansas with her husband, baby, and two dogs. Today, we're talking about what it feels like to be entering year three of the pandemic, experiencing tragedy alongside professional milestones, and how to let go of the debut hustle. If you're currently raising littles or struggling with the guilt of not being quite as productive as you'd like, this episode is for you. So on Alex's recommendation, make yourself a warm cup of Earl Grey tea, find your favorite chair, and enjoy my conversation with Alex Perry. How are you doing? Well, I'm a bit sleepy. I have a toddler and she had a 3.30 wake up this morning. So we had to battle for a long time this morning. But besides that, I'm doing pretty good. Just tried to make some cookies. In the middle of the pandemic, you're like, I have decided that this is going to be fun, even though I'm not going to see family or do anything and haven't like left the house in two years. But I'm going to make my purple dog cookies. Yeah. So it'll be okay. Uh, I know what you mean. And it sort of feels like we're just hitting the reset button on the entire pandemic. I mean, we're heading into year three, which is so incredibly surreal. And I mean, as of this recording, many of us are heading into another lockdown due to the surge of the Omicron variant. And so it feels very similar to the fear and stress that we were all experiencing in those early days. But Back in early 2020, I know you weren't just dealing with the onset of the pandemic. You were juggling so many other things, an incredible milestone, but also a personal tragedy. Do you mind talking about that time and what it was like for you? In early January, my daughter was born. And while we were at the hospital, like while I was in labor, my dad called and told me that my mom was going on hospice. So then my daughter was born and healthy and wonderful. And then five days later, my mom died. And then a couple months later, the pandemic started up. So I feel like the pandemic was a little bit easier on my family because I was already in baby lockdown and I was already mourning. So, you know, I was, I was already dealing with a lot of that stuff. And then in the midst of that, I was also going through the editing process on my debut and trying to sort that out and be professional while managing myself and keeping the baby alive. So there's a lot going on. Yeah, that is so much. (laughs) I mean, I've had conversations this year and last year with people who gave birth or were parenting very young children during this pandemic. And I've interviewed people who have lost loved ones, but to be dealing with both while also working on your debut novel, I just can't even imagine What was keeping you grounded during that time? I think it was just the necessity of knowing what I had to do. Today, my job is to sit in this chair and breastfeed the baby and change her diaper sometimes. And I think that's just such a concrete thing. A baby's a very concrete project. I know what I need to do with you. And she's also just like small and comforting and me having to deal with grief or any of the other things I was working on weren't as important as 
trying to make sure that everything was going well with her. I fell into like a little bit of self-pity where I found it tough to think about anything other than, you know, everything that was going on with me emotionally, but just focusing on the baby helped kind of get me out of the like loops that were playing in my head. Just doing everything I could for her really got me through it all. What did your creative practice look like during that time? Or was there even space for that? I focused a lot on revising that first novel. All of this stuff has been going on. I've had difficulty with starting and working on new projects. I don't know if other people experience the same thing, but it's just harder to get a handle on new ideas and work through those. I have started and worked on other things, but they just haven't satisfied me as much. So I've just focused on the concrete steps of editing and going through each part of that process and then trying to find some time to work on new stuff during the little one's nap. Yeah, no, I totally feel that. Back in 2020, when we were trying to figure out what my sophomore novel would be, I was a little bit disappointed with the manuscript that we ended up going with because I knew it was going to be a really difficult project. But at the same Mm -hmm. time, it was the only partial manuscript that I had. And so looking back, I do feel like that was really helpful that I wasn't starting from scratch. Just a couple of months ago is when I finally reached that point where I needed to start something from scratch in order to get something new to my editor and fit it in the production schedule that they developed for me. And it's been really hard to write something new. (laughs) I'm finding it difficult to find excitement for it. And I think part of that is because You know, even though I got lucky that my current editor and my current publisher have acquired several things from me, they've also rejected a couple of things. And that rejection post-debut, it just rattled my confidence. Mm, And so the problem is twofold, finding that excitement, but then also, you know, feeling vulnerable and insecure about what I'm creating and am I going to do all this work and then they're just going to say no so that is also very scary (laughs) I'm right there with you now that I've debuted the idea of people having expectations of me and then falling short of that that terrifies me and I've also been very very serious about being a corona hermit so I've been like super locked down And normally, you know, I might get like inspiration from interacting with people. Instead, I've just been, you know, Rapunzel for two years. And so I think it's also hard to get what feeds your creativity from the rest of the world whenever you're just in your house. That's true. And I think that might be something a lot of people forget about or might not consider is that we've had to choose for the past two years. Do I go out in the world or do I stay where it's safe? And when you're not out in the world, you're sometimes not able to refill that creative well to the level that it was pre-pandemic. But of course, that's not what's most important. That's not the priority in the middle of a pandemic. Surviving is the priority. But it's hard in this capital capitalist society when we're all expected to continue working as the world falls apart. It's a very strange way to exist in the world. But of course, that's part of (laughs) what this podcast is about is that those of us who are artists and who are working artists, we are trying to find those moments where we're able to tap into that creativity or we're able to be productive Do you feel like there were any routines or supports that were particularly helpful for you in being able to find time to write? 
I did go see my sister and she helped look after my daughter and gave me some time to work on writing over break. So I did get to see her and she really helped out a lot so I could try to get some new stuff written, try to make a little bit of progress. So I was really thankful for that. Especially whenever something that might be like normal, like seeing family members is now so precious and so rare. That was really wonderful. And just, I guess, trying to take advantage of every nap time and any minute I'm not having to watch the baby as she tries to climb on top of the table and jump off. Do you feel like it's gotten easier to kind of pop in and out of those creative moments? For some people, there's a warm-up period, right? Before you actually get to writing, maybe you sit in front of your document (laughs) and watch the cursor blink for a little while. Maybe you mess around on social media and procrastinate for a little while before you get started. But from all the conversations that I've had with parents, especially parents of young children, it's like there's zero time to waste. So Is there anything that you found that helps to like quickly turn that switch for you? Smelling Earl Grey tea. I have a cup of tea right now and that means it's business time. But having a baby that doesn't sleep through the night yet, I'm always so sleepy. (laughs) And then I go to sleep on the couch at eight most nights because she could be up at four ready to party. So I think the tea has been really helpful. But since we just moved, I still haven't unpacked everything. And I keep making excuses, which I need to not do. I'm like, well, the area I write in, it's pretty messy. I don't know if, I don't know if I can really do it today because like there's that box in the corner. So maybe tomorrow. And that's a struggle I have too. Just trying to deal with the move and getting myself all settled in and then trying to find that inspiration on top of that. I'm actually curious about your like rest practice. Do you think that those experiences in the early part of the pandemic also had an impact on the way you view rest? And if so, what does rest look like for you these days? How do you make space for that alongside all of your other responsibilities? I'm sure that all parents of young kids have the exact same thing, but just, you know, in the early days, it's like, oh, you're probably going to sleep for a couple hours here and there. For me, she's still not sleeping through the night. So I might want to do something like read a book or watch some TV at night, but no, I'm going to go to sleep at eight. I'm just going to lay down on the couch and let the baking show play in the background and just pass out. And it just has made me value sleep and rest pretty much above all other things in my life and anything else that had brought me joy. It's not as important as trying to get that sleep. Did you struggle at all with that at any point? Because I often feel guilty about choosing rest or Mm. for not working or not being productive in the ways that I want to be productive. So what do you say to yourself to sort of soothe yourself or give yourself permission in those moments to choose rest? Thinking about whenever my daughter was around two months old and she did not sleep in her crib. She wanted to sleep on a human at all times. So coming from that, just subsisting on like an hour or two of sleep a day for days in a row, I've come to just realize that it's just something that I I desperately need or I cannot function or be anything approaching happy. And so if I am feeling guilty or disappointed with myself 
that's a feeling that I can adapt to a lot better. Being a debut author, you're like, oh, the iron's hot. I need to do so much right now or I will not have a writing career. And just realizing that I need to sleep or I just cannot function in this world. I guess I just get used to dealing with those thoughts and guilt. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, I I do feel guilty. But sleep's not something I'm going to take as optional. It's just an absolute necessity. But that, I think that's something a lot of debut authors must feel, just this feeling of, oh, if I don't produce the next stellar, wonderful thing right now, I will never be published again. And I think that's just a feeling that I guess we just have to live with and become comfortable with. No, I definitely felt the same way. And I think the past two years since selling my debut, I have felt this sense of pressure and urgency to produce a lot of work and to reach these goals that I had of sort of breaking into every age category. And so I wrote a lot and I felt the exact same way. I felt like this is a very unique and precious time and I need to take advantage of it. And for me, there's also a big financial component to that. Like I have to produce a certain, or I have to sell a certain number of manuscripts per year in order to continue doing this full time. And I think just over the past couple of weeks, I've been reflecting on, do I want to keep up that pace? Like, is that really... A healthy pace for me, but it's, it's tough because in this industry, you know, from contract to publication, it's about two years. So you do kind of have to think really far out into the future and the things you do in the present, you know, have an impact two years from now. And so I'm thinking about, well, what books am I going to have out in 2023 and 2024? Like, what do I want those years to look like financially, creatively, but the truth is I'm tired. (laughs) Yeah. I have a YA signed up for 2023, but in order to have a YA ready for 2024, I would have to write it this year in in 2022. And I haven't started it. And I, I don't know if I will. I'm sort of leaning towards some smaller projects that aren't as daunting that aren't as a much emotional labor like that aren't as exhausting just to maybe give myself 2022 to kind of recover relax and figure out a working pace that is more sustainable for me just trying to figure out what is my writing career going to look like And how can I plot that out and make that happen whenever I don't feel like doing anything besides passing out on the couch at this moment is just such a balancing act. But I also think, you know, being burnt out from the pandemic, from other difficult things that people may have gone through over the past two years, I think it also gives us an opportunity to, like you said, plot out a future career that also incorporates these really essential things that maybe we weren't prioritizing or even paying attention to before the pandemic. The pandemic really forced a lot of us to slow down, to figure out what's important. And I think a lot of us have figured out how important rest truly is. And so, you know, I think that's something that aspiring writers and debut authors should think about is yes, you know, it's very exciting when you're in the early stages of building a career, but you also want to build something that is sustainable, that is not going to leave you feeling burnt out every December. You want to build in those breaks and the only person who can prioritize them, who can build that into your schedule 
is you, because once you've decided that that is something important that you're going to hold sacred, then you can tell your agent, you can tell your editor, all of these other people who are involved in the production process for your book. If they know that ahead of time, like there is a way to collaborate and work together to make sure that you're getting what you need while the publisher also gets what they need. So how do you think that you've changed as a writer and as a creative over the past two years? Have you been able to take away anything of value from these experiences that have changed the way you see the work or maybe even the way you execute that work? Something that kind of surprised me, my sister was letting her friend read my book. And in my eyes, my book Pig Hearted is lighthearted. In my eyes, it's a comedy. But her friend was reading it, and one of the characters, he's a 12-year-old boy with a um, congenital heart condition, and he's dealing with a lot of medical things. I took a lot from my mom dealing with her cancer visits and stuff. I took a lot of the hospital scenes and all of that stuff and incorporated that into the scenes of this child. But in my mind, it wasn't that dark. But my sister's friend came up to her the next day and said, who hurt your sister? And I'm like, what? So I think sometimes you know if you've been through something sometimes it can like poke its little head in where you didn't expect it to you know sometimes that stuff changes you as a writer in ways that you're completely unaware of late 2021 books 2022 books are going to be really interesting I know that my pandemic book which comes out in April is much darker than I planned it to be (laughs) And you're right. A lot of it happens by accident, but it just goes to show how necessary the writing is for us because that's obviously how these feelings, these emotions were able to find an outlet. So that's important. It served a purpose, but of course the end product, we have a certain amount of control over how it turns out, but also sometimes it just, it is what it is based on what you were going through at the time. I think it's probably for the best for this story, but I'm definitely expecting to see a lot of books about people trapped, a bunch of takes on Rapunzel. That's my pandemic book prediction. Okay, last question. What would you say to artists who are struggling to create or maybe even feeling pressure to create, even though they may be grieving or dealing with their own physical and mental health struggles? In my mind, during the pandemic, everyone gets a pass. They said Shakespeare like wrote all this stuff, but he didn't have anything else going on. He didn't have to take care of his kids. He didn't have like three other jobs, I don't think. The world is on fire. So if you're not as productive, and if instead you choose to really get into the Great British Baking Show, then that's fine. If you are able to summon, you know, just a little bit of creative practice every day, that could also be so helpful in processing your own thoughts and getting things together. And you don't have to write something good. You can write garbage and a little bit of garbage every day. And if you keep on chipping away at it, you can turn it into something halfway decent and finally have something that you might be proud of. There's just too much going on right now to be mean to yourself. Everything else is being so mean to us. You don't need to be mean to yourself. That's what the world will do. Thank you so much for that great advice. Thank you so much for talking to us about your pandemic experience. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for having me. If you'd like to learn more about Alex or her books, please visit her website at alexperrybooks.com or find her on social media at alextheadequate on Twitter and alexperrybooks on Instagram. 
also be sure to buy her book, Pig Hearted, published by Little Brown Young Readers at your local indie bookstore. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also sign up for the Author Pep Talks newsletter to have weekly pep talks delivered straight to your inbox. And if you like the music featured, please check out my website, lakensaykemp.com music to find more information about the instrumental soundtrack for my debut novel, Somewhere Between Bitter and Sweet, composed and performed by J.D. Morales. Thanks for listening.